0: Hey everyone, it's Shelby and you're listening to Lash Boss Radio. This is episode 31, and today I've got Jill from Lash Effects to join me on the show, and I'm so excited because I feel like Jill is one of the OGs in our industry, and in so many ways she's propelled this industry forward. By the end of the episode, you'll see exactly why. I was also very nervous to ask her to be on the show, to be honest, but I'm really honored that she came on. She's very sweet. We're going to be doing a giveaway together on Instagram, so make sure to stay tuned till the end for details on that. There's going to be most of the details in the show notes and, of course, on our Instagram, but it will include a six-month subscription to Lash Inc. Media and also some goodies from Lash Effects. So if you're listening today, make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio, as always, and also Effects Global on Instagram as well. And without further ado, here is Jill. Okay, Jill, so tell us how you first got started in this industry. Well, I've had so many different career moves in my life. I grew up an
1: Air Force brat, so moving someplace new and starting over was just part of my DNA. You know, it was part of Mm -hmm. the package from the very, very beginning, and I've never been afraid of just trying something new. So, I worked on cruise ships for uh, many years after a 15 year career in the entertainment industry, singing and dancing and acting. And when I was ready to come off of cruise ships, I had gone to massage therapy school in one of my interims off of ships and I wanted to open my own place. So I opened Gilbert Body Works in Gilbert, Arizona. And I had a gal who did permanent makeup there and she went on a local television show And like the morning shows where they interview Mm -hmm. people and bring in demos and things. And she was talking about permanent makeup and this brand new thing that she had been doing, which was lash extensions. So this is in 2005, the end of 2005. And when she brought it into the salon and it was brand new, she had to practice on us, the rest of the people who were working there to kind of get her skills and her speed. And I said, if you ever want someone to do them for you, I'll do them. And she's like, yeah, you have to go to school for this and whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm sure you do. But I really like, I love details, drawing, sketching, beadwork. You know, I'm really Mm -hmm. like good with, for some reason I can reverse engineer stuff. I like to go backwards in an equation. And so Mm -hmm. I, that's how I approached it. And she just kind of said, well, you know, you have to spend a bunch of money and go to a class. And I'm like, well, no biggie, you know, I will, but I don't want to do it. I have an active massage therapy clientele, and I run the whole salon, you know, managing it for all of you guys. But, you know, I'd love to get my hands in. And then she went on the the television show in the morning and um, did a great job, a great interview. But right before it aired, they do it like a couple of days in advance, this particular show, right before it aired, she left in the middle of the night put her key into the door and sent me a little email saying, you know, got this other opportunity. And, you know, it was just one of those ones that you had to say yes to right away. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well it's no problem. I've always been one of those salon owners who wished you well. And I knew like when I, when I worked at a salon, I knew I was going to go out on my own. So I know mm-hmm. that that's part of the, the evolution of the practitioner. You know, many mm-hmm. want to be the boss after a while themselves they want to you know reinvent the wheel for their own career and I was good with that but we had like tons of phone calls because of the television show and we were still getting them so instead of just giving them her phone number um, and I couldn't book her on our you know booking system so instead of giving out her phone number I started taking messages and then I would call and I would leave her all these messages and I started getting really wise to it and Mm -hmm. I said you know, because of this, this is such a, my nose is growing Pinocchio here, Mm -hmm. but I would say after probably about the 20th call after she left, I started saying to people, you know, because of the success of the TV show, we're booked out four weeks, but our next available appointment is on Tuesday, the blah, blah, blah with Jill. And I I got my butt (laughs) to an official class. I had already learned how to do eyelash extensions because the day that I told her I wanted to learn how, I invested in a kit and a DVD. Back then, you didn't learn in an online class. You either learned in a hands-on class or a DVD. And I went mm-hmm. with 3D Beauty because I had seen them at trade shows. I had seen Lynn, the owner, who is now a friend. Um, so is her son, Jason, who owns 3D Beauty. I watched her demo. She answered all kinds of questions. So I just kind of went with her. And mm-hmm. then I also went to Las Vegas for a Nova Lash class. And I, so I had the practice with the DVD and then I went to a class, got my certificate and just practiced on my mom and my sister, like taking the lashes off, putting them back on, taking them off, putting Mm -hmm. them back on because I didn't have time to practice on friends because I had a full book of massage therapy Mm clients and a salon to run. And I just started doing those people. And that is how... I became a lash artist and kid you not, I was really aching because I was a deep tissue massage therapist. My brother's a fireman. So I had a lot of big guys, mm-hmm. pops and firemen and athletes that were, you know, coming to me a lot of females as well, but I kind of specialized in that deep tissue. So guys would go, well, if you could put the pressure on, I'm going to you. And, um, I was just tired and hurting and lashes did not hurt. And I was so excited and thrilled by it that you could just listen to more upbeat music than the the zone out music. And I just Mm -hmm. rolled with it. And we had this forum way back when called Wake Up In Your Makeup. And I was Mm -hmm. already on there because I had been in permanent makeup school. I did soft tap, um, manual eyebrows, eyeliner, lips. And I was, you know, friends with a lot of the instructors because I'd taken their classes. I was part of their uh, their association. And I started talking lashes and how they went hand in hand. And then the conversation grew and grew. And then the girls were like, oh my gosh, Carla, who was the owner, kick them off and give them their own chat room. And so we had our own lash chat on Wake Up In Your Makeup. And that kind of was the first Lash Forum, I would say maybe in the US, I'm not sure, but it was pretty popular and it grew really mm-hmm. lightning fast. And we argued all the time. We got in fights all the time. <laughs> and We also shared stuff that you wouldn't um, expect beauty practitioner women to share with each other. So it was actually a really great place, all sides of the coin with, with mm-hmm. the dis- disputes and whatever as well. Cause you know, back then we didn't know very much about cyanoacrylate. We didn't know very much about the safety. We thought that wiping your tweezers off with alcohol swabs was clean, clean work. Oh my gosh! You know, so we didn't even apply the same principles as permanent makeup mm-hmm.
0: yeah. to it, and we got
1: wise really fast by just digging in each other's brains and coming right. up with ideas and doing
0: side research. For sure, I I can't tell you how many people who have been on the show reference wake up in your makeup yeah, and then later on lashes unite yes. and I, and personally it I remember many years ago when I first heard about eyelash extensions when I looked it up online I didn't see a lot about it but I do remember seeing a forum and I believe it was wake up in your makeup but I don't think it was active anymore it went in and out now it's mm-hmm. gone and you can only get at like
1: parts of it because you know it's really hard to scrub stuff from the internet their webs are out there. That's another reason why right. we all have to be very careful about what we say on Facebook because
0: yeah.
1: um, you is. can find it if you search hard enough, but you can't participate with it. Like it's not interactive right. anymore. Doesn't it doesn't work like a chat room works anymore. And there was another right. one called, I think, Lash Love as well. Mm. There was like two or three in the end and they before the Facebook group started really rolling.
0: So when I first got into this industry and I was on some of those forums, you were very, you've always been very active in those forums. And a lot of times people call on you, like they'll tag you and say, what do you think about this? Why do you feel so inclined to continue to give so much of your time and energy to all of these people? And a lot of times some of these questions are very frustrating or for me to read and answers to read. So can you kind of tell me how you feel about all of that? Yeah, I love that question because it's true. Every time someone matures in this
1: industry, there's five more new lash artists and they're gonna ask the same things that someone has just answered. And the nature of chat rooms and forums and Facebook posts is that it shrinks down and only the most active conversation is what you get in your window on your computer, your phone, whatever device you're, you're using. So you don't really go back and read through everything before you type and ask. Mm-hmm. And I just had to remember that it's like when I used to work on the cruise ships. If you can imagine saying the same thing over and over and over again, try a seven day run on a cruise ship, being part of the staff there, and answering mm-hmm. the same questions, like questions like, do these stairs go up? You know, you're like, you could be sarcastic and, Mm -hmm. Or you could say, yeah, of course, you know, um, which floor are you headed to? Or can I give you more specific directions? You have to start remembering that the people who Mm -hmm. ask those questions, it really means a lot to them to get an answer. And it's a risk for them to ask because they are telegraphing to everyone that they're a newbie. So if you put yourself in that mindset, and that's what I had to do when I worked on the cruise ships, is... I had to answer every question like it was the first time I ever heard it. And like, it was the best question in the book. And that's how I approach mentoring people. Every, everybody always says there's no stupid question. My, you know, open door policy, but they don't really remember right. that open door policy and no question is a silly question means that you have to just remember that your frustrations or your, um, 2000th time you've explained that adhesives don't dry they cure in the presence of moisture or whatever it is Mm -hmm. you just have to remember they're a human being who like risked asking you so when people do tag me and i see those tags and i go back yeah i'm alone in my living room or outside with my horses or whatever and i read it and i go oh here we go again but i will Mm -hmm. never ever do that to a person or in yes. I'm saying this on the podcast, of course, and I'm, I'm not saying that anybody who's ever asked me a question, I felt like that or I felt like they were, you know, a lesser yeah. lash artist, but it's the human nature truth of it. Yes, of course, I feel the frustration of saying something the the same time, but it's also an opportunity to
0: rephrase it and try and put it in a different mm-hmm. way. So maybe a different kind of ear will hear it or read it better. I think some of the most frustrating thing on forums, though, is also just so many conflicting views on something that is scientifically proven, right, or just regurgitating information incorrectly, perhaps. I don't know. But I see a lot of times where there's a lot of different views. And that's normal. But when you try to give your two cents, and sometimes I get in little Scuffles on forums when I choose to engage. Right. And that's a little frustrating to me too. To everyone. And me too. I've gotten it. That's why I said in the wake up and your
1: makeup thing, we, oh my gosh, we didn't know how to handle ourselves on keyboards then. <laughs> not in 2005 <laughs> and 2006. We did not know how to, mm. like, internet and social media etiquette didn't exist. We fought. Mm-hmm. We, we, people called each other names and I just out of frustration. It was just, and if you Mm. went and you read it, like you landed on it fresh, like just walked into a room, you'd be shocked. But if you were in it, it was just passion. It was just Mm. like you arguing over the dinner table with relatives about something on the news. So we can still kind of go there and get there. And some people just, I think, type before they think. That it's mm-hmm. not just a conversation with the person who's showing a countering opinion or position on something. It's thousands and thousands of other eyes and ears that are watching um, mm-hmm. the behavior. So I always try, hey, I'm so human like everyone else, and I have bad days or days I don't nights I don't sleep as much as I need to. But boy, we have to just remember that taking the high road, but staying authentic to what you believe is the right thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I recently got into it with someone. I won't say get into it. We didn't really argue, but we definitely had a standoff, you know, one view and an opposing view. And I never, I've learned my lesson over the years not to find or seek out those kinds of conversations. But when someone tags you and brings you in, I feel obligated to answer. Otherwise I'm leaving a student. It's usually one of my past students who tags me or brings me in or a friend. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to leave them hanging. So I'll say something and I'll, and it maybe is the opposite of what the original poster said or the first bit of advice said, and recently got into, uh, just a, you know, one of those things, it has to do with like the way we innovate. Not everyone's ready for innovation when innovation comes out. So they hold on to an idea and they're not willing to entertain anything else. And instead of fighting, I just said, that's cool there's a bunch of different ways to dance you know there's a bunch of different dance partners out there and you can't do the Mm -hmm. same cha-cha-cha to every song so I just had to take that kind of a high road and just remember they're not in it for the same reason that I'm in this conversation I came in to the rescue of a friend or colleague they're the one Mm -hmm. who's defending the opinion they probably got bashed by a few and then supported by a few and then Someone mm-hmm. called in a dog called Jill, you know, and said, stick em.
0: And then she'd yeah. be defensive, right? Yeah, I, I usually try to, sometimes I'll type out a response and end up deleting it. But sometimes <laughs> <In> um, <there? laughs> it depends. <laughs> it depends on the day. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago, I got on one and I was just like, I disagree with that to someone's comment. And then on someone else's, I wrote this long thing and I had people, you know, barking at my tree. And, and then I was like, you know, this is why I don't do this. Right. But I
1: know. Because it's better just not to rile your own self up, isn't it?
0: You know, you kind of carrying
1: it for a little while, no matter how Mm -hmm. much you say, oh, I'll be really civil about it. You carry it, whether it's for 20 minutes or two days, you're munching on that conversation over and over again and chewing it and just, you know, turning it over, maybe thinking about it before you sleep. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so going back to you had the massage studio and then you started doing lashes there. Yeah. Whatever, what happened, what happened with the studio? Did you end up selling it or? Um, I didn't sell, I didn't leave my brick and mortar spa until
1: 2010. I think it was July, July 1st, 2010. And the reason I didn't move is that I just, I, we had lash artists, permanent makeup artists, aestheticians, and massage therapists there. So I just, instead of Being a massage therapist and the lead massage therapist and owner operator, I became lash artist and I just booked my own business as the lash loft at Gilbert Body Works. That's what it says on the top of my YouTube channel still and everything. So just how it kind of like morphed a little bit and Mm -hmm. we stayed and we got a bigger suite than we had upstairs and downstairs and two upstairs one became the lash only place and one was for us facials and um and spray tans and massage and just same building really Mm -hmm. cool building it looks like a kind of a cross between a queen anne victorian and a farmhouse and it's called farmhouse meadows and it's a really old looking but brand new building Um, at the time in um, downtown Gilbert, which is like a historic neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And just, I loved the place. I loved to stay there, but I left for family reasons. And because this online world was really, really calling
0: to me. Mm -hmm. Before we get into that, what do you feel like the massage industry taught you or what did you bring into the lash industry, I guess, that you learned from Being a massage therapist.
1: I have a super massage therapy background. I mean, I took probably more hours than anyone needs. (laughs) I love learning and I did cadaver labs. Um, I love anatomy and physiology. I loved my classes where we talked about pathology um, and disease and um, disorders. I learned so much that I can apply to the lash world in my massage therapy training you know, um, even from the ergonomics for a lash artist to stay out of pain and keep their career going longer. Um, Mm -hmm. and the anatomy of the face and the eye and the, you know, everything it's right up my alley. So it's not not Mm -hmm. dealing with the muscles in the back so much anymore, but sometimes, you know, they Mm -hmm. hurt, you know, so, you know, we make those exceptions, but the, especially the cadaver lab and the anatomy and the physiology really served me well.
0: Nice. So I guess, Around 2010 is when you said you left the salon atmosphere. Yeah. I wanted to sell it, but I ended up just walking away and dissolving it. Mm -hmm. So at that point, what did everything look like for you then? Were you training a lot or? Well, I had, I had lash effects,
1: professional eyelash um, extension supplies and education already. I I did that as a partnership with one of the lash artists and my friend who was working at the at the lash lock with me. Her name is Nicole. And she always said, You need to teach classes, you need to do supplies. You know, it should be application, education, and supplies, you know. And I didn't want to and I didn't want to. And then she said, I'll do it with you. And so we partnered and we went in. We came up with the name Lash Effects Together. We you know, uh, we taught a couple of classes together. I met in the very first class that we taught together. I met three of my very dearest friends in life um, in that very first class. And they're now my die-hard, you know, girls. Anyway, they're just friends for life. And she ended up wanting to go her own way after a while. And I, uh, I think opening her own spot or something. And mm-hmm we had always had this deal that when we would break up our business arrangement as lash artists and lash artist owner that we would give each other the option to buy out mm-hmm. one another for lash effects that was in our contract with one another if one wanted to leave the other one had to buy them out
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um so and we already stated the price in the it was like a prenuptial you know for yeah um, for a breakup that landlord at that place where i um had my spa. He taught me so many great business lessons. He's an amazing man, full of integrity, just a strong guy, a great dad. Boy, he walks like a giant. He's a really good good person. And he always said to me, you know, Jill, he goes, "Um, you're the one who signed for this. You're the, you're a personal guarantor for this lease. You know, it's five years. If you leave in four months, you're responsible for everything. So make sure that you feel that everyone that you bring in has some sense of duty and responsibility to doing the right thing and doing business with you with integrity. And he goes, and that means planning for the end when you're signing on in the beginning. Having a prenup is really weird in a marriage, I guess, for for some people, but in business, it's now expected. And it was a really good lesson that early on, because I know that if they were going to leave me, they had to do this. Or if I wanted them to leave, I had to do this. Nobody got shocked, surprised. Like there was blindsiding, you know, Mm-hmm. Even though things, maybe you thought everything was hunky-dory and whatever. But that one girl who left in the middle of the night, that was a shocker. Because despite effects, it just happened. But I thought to myself, you know what? She actually did me the hugest favor. She changed my career. And mm-hmm. she changed my course. So, you know, I keep waiting to run into her at Costco or whatever. If she still lives here. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I did forget that you started Lash Effects before then. You started in 2006. So. Right. It's been over a decade that you've had that. Um, What do you feel has changed the most with lash effects so far? Well, we definitely
1: use different products. I'm a loyalty person. And so I love Mm -hmm. to stick with the same manufacturer, the same, you know, brands and stuff for more than anything like consistency and quality control because Mm -hmm. it's really rough on a supplier. To say, oh, here's the newest, blah 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 blah, when you also, as the supplier, don't have the customer service to support you if something goes wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I am the US exclusive distributor of Beauty, which is a brand by Beautyworks International, and they're amazing. And I've been with them for a long time, even within a previous company that I used to buy some supplies from, but back in that day when I started out, I didn't just have one supplier. You had as many as you could because you were, you were looking for who would return messages. You were looking for who would send you something more quickly, you know, or, Mm -hmm. so you tried on a lot of relationships and some of them were really disappointing and risky. There wasn't any such thing as like a trespass or anything like that, or a you know shield of Mm -hmm. integrity or gold seal member or whatever back then. So Mm -hmm. you could lose a lot of money and a lot of reputation if you chose the wrong thing. But Mm -hmm. I'm with the company that I've been with in in a way for a very very long time the um the person who is in charge of all the overseas um, marketing and distribution and is in fact now in charge of the company is an amazing woman and she she sends beauty all over the globe it's huge in russia it's it's you know it's it's all over the place in i don't even know what private brands because they're they have such great integrity that we all just don't even know we just that we're part of a bigger family than we really think we are, mm-hmm. and she's the OEM distributor for a lot of major major brands. So, you know, and you can kind of tell some things. Like if you use, you know, it's not the shape of a bottle or the color of a tray or anything, but there's something about some of the new products that come out, and you go, "Oh wow, I, they might be related to me," you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's cool. So cool. Uh, we just use pod lashes, like a tangle, look like a fur ball you find under a bed that hadn't been cleaned or something, like just black, hairy, whiskery stuff in a in a mm-hmm. plastic pod. We, oh my gosh, we did so many weird things. We mm-hmm. put witch hazel on people's eyelashes and all kinds of stuff that, like now, is like,
0: yeah, for sure. Could, There's so I... many things that I've I've done differently since I first started. And my staff sometimes like I'll, I'll come to them and I'll say, OK, well, this is this is how we're doing something now, even even just recently cleansing after an application. Right. That's a huge thing. You know, I'm telling them, OK, now we're not going to wait 24 hours. We're going to cleanse after. Yeah. And they're like, well, why? Like and, you know, and now we, it's after you educate them, then you have to educate the clients. And yeah, it's crazy how much things can change. That's the kind of what you were saying before when you said like, it's like when people, it was very
1: frustrating when people are just repeating and echoing what someone said to them. But we did that by whatever you were yes. taught. You just turned around and said yeah. that like it was the law. No one ever proved mm-hmm. it to you or showed it to you or showed you the authority who said
0: so. That's true. That's so true. So what else do you foresee for this industry like happening in the near future? Well, I really, I think... I'm not afraid
1: of new, better, less expensive, you know, things. So long as you're not sacrificing quality. Mm -hmm. So I think probably the newest, you know, party conversation about lashes is like pre-made and pro-made and, and, you know, custom made fans. And I do and teach all three, but I also see that there is a place, a real sturdy place for all three. In the ProMade where they're pre-making their own fans and then putting it on the, like, um, kind of um, Bordeaux technique and some other uh, people are teaching those things. Like they say, they crystallize the lashes and, you know, they're mm-hmm. on, um, or a pre-made fan that's made by hand by someone overseas in the lash factory who is a lash artist, but that makes mm-hmm. lashes, you know, for the trays. A lot of, Actually, a lot of people think that they are um, like machine turned or you, manufactured in like this. When you say factory, it's people in a factory. It's rows and rows of people at a high, high top table doing assembly line type work. Some people tape stuff. Some people cut the tape to a certain measurement. Some people roll it. Some people bake it or mm-hmm. the curl, you know, so it just runs like that. But they're all handmade even. And then the, the custom-made fans, like making them on the fly right then and there. Like I first learned volume from Irina Lefchuk in 2000, early 2014 is when I learned. It had already been in um, the U.S. and Canada for some months. I think there's a, an amazing place for all of it. I love mm-hmm. all of it. I think things are going to get easier. And I think they have to. Oh, I hate to talk about depressing stuff, but we're due for a recession historically it happens every 10 years we're overdue right now in the u.s canada had it prior to us the signs are probably putting it pointing in that direction and we work in a luxury beauty service business and beauty services or beauty products survive even depression not just recession but you have to change your tune you have to dance a little bit differently so practitioners will have to remember that we've had it really really great that you only paid a couple of thousand dollars for your training and could make that back how quickly Mm -hmm. with just a number of clients not years like a doctor paying off his you know a school education yeah Yeah. exactly so um we've had it really really good and we just have to remember that to keep women feeling good about themselves it's not just the art of putting lashes on and charging a premium price. Yes, it is a a luxury service. We don't need to have eyelash extensions, but we don't want to live without them. We love them. But what we're doing is we're selling confidence and be uh, like, I feel beautiful inside feeling for women.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: if the recession hits and that changes things, I think we have to be willing to change. I'm not afraid of change. I love it. Actually. I think it, I don't want to be bored. I don't want to, be bored and affected and then you know what i mean like oh this is a luxury service so you know i have to charge you this much and no you go to someone else or whatever you know i don't think that Mm -hmm. it has to be like that but we might have to come down in prices or get creative or um think of different ways to serve our Mm -hmm. our clients um if that happens with the
0: economy so you must have you were actually still in the in the studio whenever the last recession hit. Yeah. Do you, rem- do you remember, like, did you lose a lot of clients? Like what can somebody expect? I didn't lose a single client, but I took a lot of clients
1: and I said, instead of every two weeks, you could come every three weeks or every four weeks. I and I started working with them differently and I started charging them differently and they, and I, I I taught this in my classes and it's still in my um, modules in my classes that if you take a client and they come to you for $100 every two weeks, you're going to see them maybe 25, 26 times in a year.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's call
1: it 25 times. They represent $2,500 worth of your revenue. They're paying you yearly $2,500 plus tip for you know your work, your beautiful lashes. But if they go and they see you every three weeks, They're only seeing you, you know, 17.33 times over Mm -hmm. a year. For the same price, they're actually paying less over the the course of a year. And then so for four weeks as well, because of volume, we can actually do that. And with volume plus classic done really artfully, hey, why are we we calling it hybrid? I don't know. I think that's a gross word. It doesn't belong really in the. I say that too. Oh, did you? I just, I'm like, I mean, just call it a customized set or a blended technique set or, you know, customize every, a signature couture lash for every client, something like that. But if you're really artful, you can can learn what will last longer for each client. You can keep your Mm -hmm. prices and they can pay less over the course of the year, but then you have to fill that spot Right, mm-hmm. So I didn't lose any clients, but I grew some holes in my schedule when that recession hit. And what I did was a Groupon and I was already an educator and an established practitioner. I just, I wasn't starting my business, but I did the Groupon thing. And this is back when Groupon first came to Phoenix, Mm -hmm. the greater metro area that I live in. I forgot where it started. It might've been Chicago or I, I don't know. I can't remember, but anyway, it had just come to Phoenix and I decided to go for it. And I was wise enough to hear and take the advice of someone that said, do a group that's really attractive, but have an upsell that would make a meaningful difference to you. If they decide to do the upsell, then you won't be, you'll get a whole bunch of clients. Some of them will upsell and you hope all of them will stay, you know? Mm-hmm. So basically what you were doing was for in that time frame, and the way I ran my group on is I was doing that full set, that first visit for the price of a touch up and mm-hmm. But I didn't call it a full set. I called it a discovery set. Mm. So I did fewer lashes than what I would have done to someone who paid me, you know, $225 or whatever we were charging back then. Actually, I think it was like $175, something like that. But I just, then I, I, I offered them to upgrade it if they wanted, you know. Smart. For another mm-hmm. fee, the same price, it would be like using two Groupons for a full set one Groupon for a discovery set. And then they would have va va you know? And mm-hmm. many took me up on it. Many didn't, but I was so busy. That's when I started lashing like lightning. Like I was doing my Groupon sets. Those were 45-minute appointments. That means I was 35 mm-hmm. minutes on. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes yeah. to turn over and, you know, check in the next person, check out, clean my, my station. That was rough. I said, what did I do to myself? I was exhausted, but almost everyone stayed. And I had people driving like an hour, hour and a half to commuting to come in and continue their lashes. So by the time I actually left, which was pretty shortly after that, a lot of people asked me, did was the group on the end of your, you know, was that the last straw in your business? Is that why you walked away from the brick and mortar? And um, no, I, I think someone recently, it might've been Jamie at Lash Base, was saying like, like a, a, a good solid book of clients is no more than 100 people for a lash artist. Otherwise, like, what are you doing to them? You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. just can't physically do it. But mm-hmm. I had 173 people. Oh my God. That were my clients, not just one time. There was more than mm-hmm. that if I counted those. So I found three lash artists in this greater metro area. The girl who was going to do my lashes for me. And two other girls that lived in completely different areas. So it was like this big triangle in our big metro area. And I didn't sell them the clients or ask them for a fee. I just referred my whole clientele to these three people. Hopefully one of those is near you, either where you live or where you work. They're all three accepting clients right now, but I would call sooner rather than later. You know, and yeah. I gave everyone 30 days notice that I was wow. not going to be... Doing that anymore, and I didn't leave the industry. I just I left to grow lash effect supplies and education. And Mm -hmm. I was so scared. I was so scared to leave my amazing income and my life, how I knew it, that I had to do it for my daughter who was growing up and who was being dropped off to school. Then I'd run to do appointments, and then I'd go and I'd have a hole in my day to pick her up, and I'd take her through the drive-through at McDonald's, and I'd sit down. And I had one of my treatment rooms that had a couch, a computer, a TV, and a toy box in it. And it was her room. And then we wouldn't be getting home until it was time to feed her one last Mm -hmm. time and put her in the bath and go to bed. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I was really feeling like a heel. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't think that that was a very good mommy-daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. husband um, is an executive chef, so he worked even longer hours than I did. And I thought, what the hell? You know what? Mm -hmm. Even if I decide to go back to it and get a brick and mortar later, Right now, her childhood is the most important thing, and I uh, I don't want her growing up and becoming a teenager to be like her mom is just this businesswoman that she knows, mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. So for sure, that was the main thing, and it was hard to make the rent and stuff at the end too because um, all my practitioners and stuff they were all going off and doing those um, signature salon studios or solo salons where you mm-hmm. could have like Rent a room as big as this for a very affordable price and run your own business within it. Mm-hmm. And they were ready to run their own businesses. But I had that old thing with the multiple rooms and the reception and the, you know, yeah, that overhead was hard. Yeah. To keep up for sure when the troops were dwindling. Okay.
0: <laughs> so I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but I think you may have been the person that got your hands on a scale or had access to a scale for different diameters. Am I right? Um, Well, uh, one of the people. When I learned about volume, Russian volume,
1: we talked about equivalencies. Like there was Mm -hmm. a, a chart that got written out and we were all taking pictures of it and jotting down notes and stuff. But I knew that it was not just a medical scale but it was like a really expensive piece of equipment that had to measure weight in it's called um we don't even use that it's a latin thing we don't even use Mm -hmm. that measurement of weight but i took the beauty lashes in 12 millimeter someone had done this in russia prior it might have been olga who uh the olga who kind of originated the volume Mm -hmm. or one of the other like really first generation volume lashers but someone did that and that's how everyone had that equivalency chart. It wasn't talking about volumetric equivalencies. It was talking about weight in the beginning. So it wasn't passing on. And if people rounded up or rounded down, maybe it got a little bit, the story got a little changed a little bit. So I thought, I want to know. Even if my brand is different than, you know, Courtney's at Sugar Lash or, uh, I don't know, any one of my colleagues um, out there who also sell lashes. I just wanted to know with mine so that when I taught my students, I could say, You can use this as a basic comparison. It's true to form with certification for my brand. It's probably fairly close Mm -hmm. for for any of the others that you use. I always teach with like not trying to create brand babies. I believe that lash artists need to be in control of their back bar. And Mm -hmm. they may love lash effects, but they may buy something, something from someone else. And I don't want them to ever feel like they can't tell me or ask me a question about it. I'm willing to talk about and share information about anything except for my suppliers Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and my bank account, whatever, you know,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: my love life. (laughs) There's some Mm -hmm. secrets I keep, but not very many. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to talk about it all and support it all because I think we'll just lift each all up, everyone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I sent my lashes off. I did buy a scale that costs multiple thousands of dollars And it was not accurate enough. I kept getting similar weights that I knew that couldn't be right. And so Mm -hmm. I called a lab and I actually called quite a few. I called one of the manufacturers who sells these um, microscales. And I, I said, you know, this is what I need. I need an eyelash to be measured, not length or diameter that's already done, but the weight of it. And the guy that I got on the phone was so cool. He was doing an experiment himself with the uh, with a weather agency, and they were talking about pollution in the air because they were weighing bat hairs, the fur on bats, because you know how they fly through the air, then they accumulate mm-hmm. pollution and mm-hmm. smog and debris in their hairs. You know what I mean? And then they were weighing them different, like bats, uh, releasing bats in different places, and then plucking hairs and weighing them. And I said, "Yes, that's the like the sensitivity of a scale that I need." And he said, "Boy, you could buy one, but it will really probably cost you about eighteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars." And I was like, "Oh, oh, really? Okay, you know, <laughs> I don't even know that badly, you know." Yeah. But I sent off to a lab that measures aerosol mists and all kinds of things for the medical field. Mm-hmm. and uh, nanomist size molecules and whatever in they had the facility and so i paid sort of dearly for that but it was worth the information mm-hmm. i think to, and the understanding now not that i don't believe in it but i don't rely on weight as much as i rely on the amount of lashes that you're putting around the natural lash because when everyone says like, oh, you know, it could take 16D or it could take 24D and a, you know, 0.03 lash. And I'm like, sure, maybe the lash can hold it up, but that's going to be a chunky monkey at the base. Because mm-hmm. you think of all of those synthetic lashes, like a bundle of pencils, how's that going to wrap around the lash? Three, or four times it's going to wrap. We don't do that with our tweezers. So really what it's making is this semicircle that's built up like a three-dimensional arc around the lash. And there's an edge that people could feel, pick off, you know, all kinds of stuff. So now we talk about volumetric weight or, or volumetric size. And that's like what would fit in a certain size cone representing the natural lash. How many 0.03s would fit? in the equivalent of a 0.15 lash. And we all sort of agree that a 0.15 lash is a good and healthy lash to use. Mm-hmm. Some people use less, some people do use more, even though there's a lot of people in the trend that don't use don't use 0.20s, don't do 0.18s, whatever. But 0.15 is pretty acceptable. So that's where it all started. My friend Miranda Tarpey, whom I love, I hope you guys have all heard of the Volumetric Calculator. It's an app. And it's amazing. It's super easy to understand what's safe. So that's an easier way. It levels the playing field between all the different brands. We would have like these slight variations when you're Mm -hmm. weighing the, the ooms that, that the lashes weigh and how many are equivalent. If you talk about the volumetric space, you're pretty safe. It just makes it simpler. And it is not a simple equation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. V equals, you know, uh, Pi times radius squared divided by three. So not everyone loves to do that kind of (laughs) and But the volumetric calculator does it for you. And it's really fun to use. So look it up. I think it costs $10. It's the best 10 bucks you'll ever spend.
0: Nice. Okay. So I had a question. I don't know if you would know the answer to this, but I heard something a couple years ago that some suppliers, I'm sure not all, will put a point, 0.05 Zero five label on 0.06 lashes. They will put a point zero three label on 0.04 lashes or no, no, no. 0.04 label on 0.03 lashes. So the story was that there's really only like the 0.07, 0.06, 0.03. Is that so I can't, I can't tell you definitively if
1: that's true or not, but my manufacturer, Kay, before she started providing 0.03 lashes, she did 0.07s. Then there was 0.10s. I asked mm-hmm. something in the middle, 0.0875. Now there's point sixes, mm-hmm. And she was like, come on. She goes, do you think, honestly, that do, have you ever seen how the lash fibers come? They look like bundles of yarn, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. So they're mm-hmm.
1: wrapped up in paper and they're sold by kilogram, right? So they're sold by weight. However mm-hmm. many thousands or tens of thousands, it's ten, hundreds of thousands of lashes, fibers, fit in there. And they're only about this long. And then they're mm-hmm. they're cut to measure, curled to measure, and every company has their own like gauge of what a C curl is or what a D, what a D curl is or whatever so mm-hmm. and some companies measure them first before they curl them and some companies measure them when they're curled so they're a little bit like 12s could be really long with one company and could be quite medium with another mm-hmm. but she was saying the same thing basically she was like really she goes you think that there's there's bundles and bundles of fiber that are 0.03 and 0.04 so i kind of tend to believe that, but I'll tell you I haven't asked her that hard and yeah. black and white you know what I mean like is that true but we talked about it many times and she talked about it in Q&A sessions at Global Lash Summits and other you know um, conferences and Lash Artists International and yeah I kind of do believe that and I don't believe that they're trying to pull the wool over your head I believe here's what the thing is those fibers the PBT fibers they are not made for the eyelash extension industry Eyelash mm-hmm. extension industry is a niche industry in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. Health and beauty is the bigger one. So you have health and beauty, brushes, hair irons, you know, everything, shampoos, everything. Mm-hmm. Then you have health, then you have beauty, and now cosmetics. And then eyelash extensions is like a niche. A niche like this piece of pie gets getting smaller and smaller. And we It's our world. We think it's a big deal. But in the overall scheme of things in the beauty industry. It's a small amount and they are not made specifically and expressly. Neither are tweezers. Sorry. They're made for medical and they're made for clockmakers and we adopted them, you know, and sure you can get a specific shape or a tweak made or, you know, all kinds of other things and customize them, but they don't just have like, I mean, tweezers were not made for the eyelash extension industry. I thought extension industry is new. We're off-label using many things. Our right. lash fibers are brush fibers and toothbrush fibers. So co- synthetic cosmetic brushes, blush brushes, kabuki brushes that are not made of goat hair or animal fur are made mm-hmm. of PBT fiber. Those are the reason why we have two-tone is because they have the white-tipped ones, right? And they can dye mm-hmm. the white tip. So you have black on the Mm. bottom and red or green or purple, whatever, on the top. All of the colors are white fibers, white brushes that are dyed and then permed. So, yeah, I mean, like if you're with a manufacturer who uses a name brand fiber, like say they use the same fiber as Oral-B toothbrushes or Mac cosmetic brushes or, you know, Kevin O'Quan or, you know, whatever, Um, like Mm. a, a name brand. Um, then you're probably getting a high quality fiber that probably is truer to its label. But many of these factories, they're just they're making for so many brands and so many labels that maybe they order, okay, we're we need more 0.03 fibers, and they could be making it with 0.05.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're not going to measure them at the factory, at the last factory. They're not measuring the diameter. They're not. But we can kind of see, you know, we can actually, we're really good at the Small details. Mm -hmm. That's our life, right? So we can Mm -hmm. see "Mm, that's not a 0.05. That's more like a 0.10, you know, or Mm -hmm. we can kind of gauge, but we, we really don't know exactly. Right. Isn't that sad to say, but you know, it's
0: true. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about Lash Inc Media. I know you're the executive producer. So how did that all come about? What is the purpose of it? And what exactly do you do?
1: Well, I, I was so excited when I heard that Louise Tierney, the owner and CEO of Lash Inc, was looking for a editor for USA Canada. She was talking about it at the first Hollywood Lash Conference. I think this is going to be the third one coming up this year. And I said, I took her aside after the day was finished. And I said, I don't know how many hats have been thrown in the ring, but I'm officially putting my hat. I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I've done two magazines. Oh, sorry, four magazines for my events. And she Mm -hmm. goes, oh, no, I've seen them. She goes, okay, it's the job openings. It's done. done." (laughs) Yeah. She goes, it's actually, you know, so uh, we'll have to do, you'll look over the contract and the, you know, the opportunity and whatever we'll see. But for now I'm not looking anymore. And I'm like, okay, cool. So... For a year, I put together those issues and I was involved in five of them, four issues for USA, Canada, and then their first best of. And I loved that. It was wonderful and beautiful, but I really, those issues were all also on digital. So you could look at it on your phone, on your iPad, on your computer. And Mm -hmm. that really, even though putting together the physical, beautiful, glossy magazine, I have copies of them over here. They're amazing. They just feel like luxury they're beautiful they're wonderful but it's so much easier just to get on your phone and or mm. on your iPad and read a magazine and i thought you know digital is where it's at our kids mm. are all online all the time i'm doing more and more stuff online we are booking our appointments online we are everything texting instead of calling people uh, you know this is i'm not gambling on this this is not a risk that is the way the world is going now we've got artificial intelligence you know, we've got virtual mm-hmm. reality, augmented reality, all of those things. They're coming. They're already here. We're already using it and being used by it. And you don't even know it. <laughs> I mm-hmm. can talk about something. And then my Facebook feed comes the ad for the very thing that I'm talking about. Yeah. Artificial mm-hmm. intelligence is there for a reason. And I'm really not afraid about that. I'm excited. It's going to make our world Easier, And then these old fashioned things of like being a door to door salesman or, you know, uh, it's not going to exist anymore because marketing is going to change and it has been changing. Branding is changing. I'm very excited about that. And I wanted to do something for the lash industry that was more tech,
0: mm-hmm.
1: tech on our end, as in we're putting it together technically, but ease of use in the palm of your hand for everyone else. And podcasts like yours are amazing. And I'm like audio video, engaging branded games, you know, entertaining videos, like, uh, like your own version on the app of TMZ or whatever, you know, like, uh, everything. Mm -hmm. It's just, it could be so fun. So I pitched that idea to Louise. I said, I don't want to be editor of the magazine anymore. I did it for a year. It's amazing, but it's so hard to, I would break my heart to ask my friends in the industry to buy an ad for my magazine. Do you know what I mean? I felt like Right. I'm already a salesperson and manager and owner of a sales company for lashes. I don't want to, I don't want to call up my colleagues and friends and say, we buy a magazine. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. So what I wanted to do was create something on a subscriber basis that was digital. So we have audio, we don't have a podcast on there. We have audio articles. So we take mm-hmm. all of those past issues of lashing and then all of it, um, international versions of it and i've done a lot of voiceover work so i do a lot of them myself we have this amazing guy named ravi he lives in scotland and he's got a beautiful voice and he worked for bbc scotland and he'll be reading and doing some of those as well and we'll probably be hiring some voice talent soon last media is pretty new um, we've only been in existence since september so we really have only had one quarter of you know content and i'm just super excited how it's growing it's we've got all of the all of the digital issues in the palm of your hand in one place so you don't have to subscribe to each one they're all there Uh, lash Laps channel with funny videos we have vip courses which uh, world-class speakers and educators are giving anywhere from 10 minutes to two hours of their time to teach people the subscribers lessons Um, some are business lessons some are Um, technique lessons about lashes. We have a channel called app attack, where we explain how to use certain apps to create the things, the cool things that you see on Instagram and, you know, Facebook that, that PR agencies create for people. A lot of people know how to do it themselves. And as soon as they put it in a forum or a group, everyone's like, Oh my God, how'd you do that? What app is that? (laughs) You know? So we Mm -hmm. take them through how to literally do it, not just what app it is, but you know, what platform it's available for, is it free? Is it, uh, are there in-app charges? And this is what you can make with it. Do with it.
0: Nice. I saw that to subscribe, it's like a dollar your first month, and then it's $20 after that, right? Yeah. yeah, we want to put it in everyone's
1: hands. We wanted to do it for free at first, but I told Louise, I said, I think it's better to do it for a dollar because then they have already provided their credit card and you can cancel at any time. It's no problem. But we don't have to then go chasing the business side of it you know for me it's just a better model you've right. gotten their presi- their permission you set them up on an automatic billing that won't start for 30 days cancel anytime there you don't have to give 30 days notice you don't have to have a reason if you want to cancel yeah. it you cancel it there have been some people who cancel i always write back and i say you know thanks for being a subscriber if you have any specific feedback for us please you know we're all ears and um most of the people who have subscribed just said gosh i just it was Christmas coming and I couldn't see $20 being taken out again when I when I can't remember to get on it. I can't remember mm-hmm. to get on the app because every Monday there's new, new content push. So in this next quarter, so Q1 of 2019, the second quarter of this existence, we're going to be a little smarter about reminding people in an entertaining way that there's new content and to click on your app, you know, because you mm-hmm. have to open the app. For it to deliver, you know, I can't do that for them. They have to do it. So we're going to make it more fun and more easy to remember. Uh, And we'll tell them, tease them what's coming up. What's this week's content role? You know, stuff like that. So for sure.
0: We're learning. (laughs) Yeah. So with you being so involved with the Lash community, I know you're often asked to help with conferences and you travel a lot. For those, you've been a judge. And yeah, so are you still actively involved in that? Do you enjoy doing those things? Do you like speaking? I love it, but I'm doing far less of it. Up and including
1: 2017, I was doing so much international travel and working with my time and energy so much for other people's events that it really hurt my health and my Mm -hmm. personal life. And I'm not like, you know, divorce or anything like that, but just the happiness factor and stress yeah. and stuff. So I hope you don't mind. This kind of segues into something I really want to talk about about the for sure, you know, the complexity crisis. Yes. Once you take on so many things that you are excited to do that you feel like you need to do, I should go to this one. I need to say yes to this because I want to stay relevant. I want to, I, I still want to be a mentor to new people. How are they going to hear about me if I'm not going to be there speaking at the conference or judging that contest or whatever? I I learned that it's okay to say no. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that if you say no more often than you say yes, you're still relevant. You're still important, but you have more time to be healthy. You have more time to sleep, hydrate, eat right, be outdoors. We are indoor in a chemical surrounded indoor people as lash artists, we got our heads and faces hanging over cyanoacrylate vapors. And, you know, if you work in a hair salon as well as it being a lash salon, there's other things, you know, you're constantly Mm -hmm. indoors and there's not very many more hours today. When you add up your work hours, your travel hours, and your sleeping hours, when are you going to get outside? You know, I was Mm -hmm. doing and then traveling and exhausting myself because of time zones I had this moment where my health suffered and my attitude suffered. And so I went to the doctor because I just was in tears and confused and really greatly upset. And, you know, she said, what you're feeling, the physical symptoms that you're feeling, the discomfort or pain or whatever you're feeling, she goes, it's anxiety. Anxiety will create real pain and real health issues in a body. And I'm like, well, I believe that. I have a massage therapy background. And yeah, I believe it. She goes, well, you're experiencing it. You need to look at yourself. You're, It's happening to you. So I have pulled back on a lot of stuff and I'm not traveling as much. And I hope the world will still think that I'm relevant and that I'm thinking and mm-hmm. moving and shaking in life. But I, I also feel that it's a good thing for some of us to pull back and allow the new generation of experts, the people who are winning the championships that we're judging to step up and take their moment in the limelight. It doesn't mean that we don't count and that we aren't worthy businesses to do business with or teachers or educators or mentors, but it's time. The waves are mm-hmm. keep coming and uh, why would we push them back when we were promising them? You know what I mm-hmm. mean? That we'll we'll take bring them along. So it's time and it's time to pull back a little bit Um, This year, I'm only going to a couple of things, and I'm doing a lot online. Since 2010, when I gave up my spa, I did online education. That's Mm. my forte. I was one of the first two companies ever in our industry to offer online lash education. And it was a huge controversy at that time. You can't learn lashes online. And I kept saying, you can get a doctorate online. Are you kidding Mm. me? Yes, you can. Not everyone will learn that way or want to learn that way. But it's a vital, valuable way to learn, you know? So sure. I know that that's my jam. I know that that's my spot.
0: Mm-hmm. I think just that whole part that you were just talking about is going to speak to so many people because I see, even in myself sometimes, I I put too much on my plate because I feel like I have to in order to like win. and Hustle, it's- grit. Yeah. yeah. It's just this sick game that you're going to keep playing with yourself. And I see a lot of other people doing it online too. They'll take these breaks and they'll, they'll come back and they'll say, I'm sorry. It's just, I've been so anxious about what to post and I haven't known what to post. So I just don't post at all. And it's really sad. I crashed or I took time out for my health yep. or yeah, it's a
1: crisis mm. where if you're watching what's going on in the last world, there are people who are posting on their Facebook with their own arm, with an IV in it, or that they've had, you know, what mm-hmm. happened to them or I, those are these, some, many of them are my friends. It's not my story to tell, but I can tell everyone what happened with me. I had a severe panic attack on the verge of leaving to go to Croatia last year for last challenge Croatia. And right immediately afterwards I was to stay in Europe and go to league of lash masters. Well, I had to call my friends and colleagues at the last minute and say, Mm -hmm. I can't come Peter, Martina, I can't make it. I'm at the doctor's right now. I'm in tears. I'm in panic mode. And I feel, I'm not exaggerating, but I thought that my, I thought I was going to have a stroke because I felt such pressure here in my neck and throat and my eyes. I just was sure that my eyes were just going to explode out of my head I said I either have glaucoma like pressure's building up or something this maybe this is what a stroke is I was that worked up over stuff and in pain physical pain not being able to sleep and very worried about stuff that I got this you know like Mm -hmm. so I had to back out at the last minute they were so kind and wonderful yeah health is first and of course you're my friend I love you you know go do for yourself well, this has happened to other people too. Mm-hmm. And then your doctor or your good friends, if you don't have to go to the doctor or your family, if they have, if you have some wise family tell you to back off and clear some white space, you know, make mm-hmm. your page white again. It's not filled with everything. And then what happens? You fill the white space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you clear your docket and then you just naturally, because you've conditioned to do this, you say yes to other things. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have to get off this hamster wheel. And that's Mm -hmm. what the challenge is, is not only to address yourself that you need to do a bit less in the winning game Mm
0: -hmm. or winning.
1: We all are, you know, if you're making people happy and you're happy and you're, you know, you're contributing to making a a lovely living to support your family, you're winning. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We don't all have to be Kim Kardashian. We don't all have to be, you know, (laughs) I don't know who, Matthew McConaughey, whatever, you know we're relevant we're special but when you clear that white space that's when you have to discipline yourself to not fill it back up because mm-hmm. what happens then is that you say yes to other things and then having known better you then have to pull back and say no again And mm-hmm. you feel really terrible because now you know that you should not have said yes do you know what I mean like so there's yes. a guilt thing mm-hmm. and you got to heal from that and it's a it's a crisis. And honestly, the only thing that I can think of as a rosy side to this or, a, you know, the other side of the coin is that lash artists that I have mentored that are, are coming up in the world that are good, established, strong lash artists who want to be badass educators and businesswomen and businessmen and creators of their own conferences and competitions and champions and stuff. They need to look at what has happened and not go through it. And we mm-hmm. talk about it. We need to share that it's not worth it to go into crisis mode. And you can stop the crisis before it even happens by just taking things a little bit more simply.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, well, something to leave us with. What are some words that you live by?
1: Um, get enough sleep and drink water. And that sounds really like a half <laughs> answer, but it's like,
0: it does help, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Get enough sleep and drink water. I live really intentionally at, at this point. I'm almost semi retired. I don't know. I, I, I do look it, but I'm, you know, I'm 56 years old and I've had a, a really exciting life. And part of that really exciting life was not sleeping enough and not drinking enough water, even though I was a massage mm. therapist and at one point an athlete those two things have actually been two of the most important things to heal me in my, Mm -hmm. in my crisis, my physical part of my crisis. If you can get enough sleep and you can hydrate yourself, you can do the next linchpin habit. Linchpin habits are really amazing. If you adopt them, it could be as simple as making your bed, Mm -hmm. you know, or getting dressed before you go downstairs. That one good habit will give you such a sense of accomplishment when you don't do things like that on a regular basis that you're ready to take on the next one. Drinking water, a little bit less coffee, you know, Mm -hmm. exercising, everyone that's in business says there's no time, there's no time. I have the same number of hours in my day that Oprah has and Oprah is killing it. (laughs) And uh, she doesn't look like she's going without sleep, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) So I'm gonna just make sure that I take care of the simple things and keep a linchpin habit foundation
0: going. Thank you all for tuning in today. And if you'd like to win some Lash effects goodies, you can head over to my Instagram and see the giveaway that Jill and I are doing. All you have to do to enter is say your favorite part of the episode and tag a friend in the comments. It's very simple. You can also head to the show notes and see some links that I have for you there about Lash Effects Academy and also how to subscribe for Lash Inc. Media that we talked about on the show today. I hope that you all enjoyed this episode and got a lot out of it. I will see you back very soon for the next one.